2: This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we've done a sort of early, sort of mid-pre-season podcast. We keep on making these ones up. This one will have to be sort of a late, sort of mid pre season podcast or something or the other. We've got no idea what it is. All we know is that the season has not started as yet, so we've got plenty to talk about. As you've noticed that we haven't done a podcast week after week because we thought we're going to just accumulate the news and we're going to come to you and we're going to hit you hard. And I think this week we're going to hit you very, very hard. We've got lots and lots and lots and lots of things to talk about. I literally have been on a train this morning. I have got my I'm in the studio overlooking Brighton Beach. I see the pier, I see the sea, I see people sitting down there swimming in the sea and this is my studio for the next couple of hours before I drop down and I meet the South Coast Bees for a few beers on the seafront before we head up to the England game against Spain in the Women's Euro. So very much looking forward to that. That's what I'm going to be doing today. But Laney, how are you? I'm very good, mate. I'm, I'm not, I've put
3: this down as um, late close season rather than mid-pre-season, if I'm honest with you. But it's up to you, mate. You want to call it, call it what you want. Yes,
2: well, you always try to do things differently, mm-hmm. Laney. But listen, we'd have to beg to differ on that one. But look, like I said to you, looking forward to the new season coming up. Like I said, we've got loads and loads of stuff to talk about. We've got new players that we've signed. Aaron Hickey, we've got Yarmuluk as well. I think that's how you pronounce his name as well. And uh, yeah, we've got more players as well that we've signed as well. We've got people going to talk about them as we do. As we know, besotted, we always go to fans crown the world and we find out about these players we science so, you know we've got Liam corbett from hearts this is my story he's going to talk about aaron hickey as well and we also got adam from ukraine talking about yarmuluk as well so we've got information there as well and what else have we got we're going to be talking about pre-season friendlies we playing matches we've got other players coming in we've got beside global which is a new thing that beside is going to be launching in a few weeks time we've got new bricks coming out we've had sort of ticket prices being reversed we've had all sorts of stuff going on so uh like i said as you can tell i'm I'm very very excited the thing i'm not excited about is the person who had this flat before me didn't even leave a beer in the kitchen for me and i'm absolutely parked sitting down here in the sun and i've got nothing to uh to wet my whistle as they say selfish
3: absolutely selfish
2: that's right they are but anyway listen like i said you've got so much to to talk about and so much to crack on and first of all i said because we are right in the middle of the women's euros and uh, needless to say um I've been quite involved in the Women's Euros. I've been to lots and lots and lots of matches as well. And also, uh, as the other thing as well, as I spoke to you about in the last podcast, I said to you that we met my, the, the team that I have started off, Barnet Panthers, we did, a little, uh, well, we did a little collaboration with Brentford Community Trust and we put on this wicked little schools tournament as well, which had nearly 30 schools taking place down at the Gunnersbury Hub and it was the day of the Denmark versus um, Germany game as well so we had all these schools participating like I said we organized that we had a, a, quite a few schools up from my way in Barnet that I work with as well you know actually sort of giving them girls football so they came down to that so that was really good and then after that we all went down to the match and we watched Denmark versus Germany so a load of my school um, um, girls that I look after as well and the team the Barnet Panthers they were down there but also a load of other players as well and we went down with a Danish team who had come over who were called Nobra United as well who were introduced to me by our Brentford mate Puns. And they had a whale of a time over here. We played them in a friendly a few days earlier as well, and they 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 invited us to the match. So I was actually able to sit in New Griffin Park or stand in New Griffin Park in the safe standing area in the away end with the Denmark fans who made a hell of a noise. And uh, to be fair, it was fairly impressive. You were at that game as well, weren't you, laney
3: Yeah, it was really good. It was uh, you know the the stadium really scrubbed up well for the, the big occasion. I say a big occasion, you know. Um, it's a, a different occasion the the, the, the the fans that were walking around Really enjoyed it We spoke at half time To some German fans that were there And some Danes And they, they were really impressed With, with Brentford's stadium um, and yeah, the, the atmosphere was great for a for a game that you know the Brentford weren't involved in. I, I, I really i really thoroughly enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, um, I'm probably going to go along to the, the quarterfinal game there tomorrow. Um, um, just make the most of you know the tournament being in London
2: that's right and you remind me i have to release your ticket and send it over to you laney before they cut off at 11 o'clock tomorrow on thursday as well but like i said to you there's been quite a few matches and, and i said the main thing about it is that i mean what i've noticed is that all the in particular the scandinavians i mean they they came over in the euros to have a bit of a party i mean the, the danish they took over one over the eight and they really did take over one of the eight they were outside they're inside they were making noise they were drinking they're having a right laugh the the was it the the dutch they took over um division street i mean you may remember division street we had a few nights out in division street in sheffield you remember laney um or probably you don't remember actually <laughs> yeah but the dutch they took literally took over division street and also i think the swedes took over part of uh, sheffield as well and probably a different part of sheffield as well so they've been having a great time the Finns have been going completely bonkers as well like you know so i mean like i said to you it's been a real colorful you know event with all the fans coming down and, and really getting involved and it isn't necessarily all sort of women and kids which you expect or some people stereo typically think that um that's what the women's euro is about is there's all sorts of characters getting involved as well like i said to you we're going down to the bar in brighton the tempest bar where there's gonna be a lot of fans gonna be accumulating a little bit later and also the south coast bees are already in there waiting for us i know monty has got a couple of pints lined up for us already so he's down there as well i know lord lucan's going to be down there as well um yeah there's a load of us i think uh, 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 club chopin is making her way down as well so like i said to you Everyone gets involved and it's a right good laugh. So, uh, looking forward to that. But, like I said to you, it's very proud to have the Euros at New Griffin Park. It's interesting, though point lately because um everyone sort of thinks wow how, how did they get that and the the word is actually that a lot of clubs did not want to host the women's euros i don't know if they just thought it wasn't going to be a success or whatever it was but they just didn't want to host it and the, the irony of it is if you go at it all the matches at new griffin park are, are sold out you know if you go to brighton the matches are sold out the england games are sold out you know you're getting 20 25 30 35, people inside there watching the women's euros you've got the publicity around it you've got all the local business you know you've got all the the the, the merchandising and all, all the all the food and drink i mean, I mean old trafford they, they ran out of no it wasn't old Tra- southampton i went to old southampton um last friday which had a right laugh as well um i was on the crack and rum last after the game which was quite a good laugh but um they ran out of food before the match burgers before the match hot dogs before the match you know they just were i don't think they were just ready for it at all i mean that game was, again, was sold out the northern Ireland fans were a right good laugh a right good crack they, they ran out of everything And I think that's part of the problem where probably in this country we're still not quite ready to take things up to another level to make it kind of like, you know, the celebration that some other countries do. I mean, France, I'm not going to count because I'm I'm very anti holding tournaments in France because they're normally fairly rubbish. But um, there are other places which actually do take it to another level. You know, Germany is very good. But I think England, you need to actually kind of uh, you need to up the ante a little bit because there wasn't very much happening in and around Brentford other than uh, one over the eight being taken over by the Danes, isn't it, Laney?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I thought the Danes did a really good job. They, they, As you said, they took over the pub and they were singing and they, they, they a lot of uh, their, their press were there. Um, and it's a real real mixed crew. But yeah, you know, to see in the, some of the stadiums, the Rotherham New York Stadium's been used a lot, Bramall Lane's been used a lot. And it just seems a little bit odd when you've got kind of like the, the, the academy stadium at, at Man City being used. We, we, had, we got really good... Football League and, and sort of Premier League stadiums so that would have been perfect you know? um, it, 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 I don't think some, you know, the enthusiasm has been there but they, they've missed out unfortunately um, it's been a good news story and it's another
2: good Brentford news story Yes indeed and that, that Academy Stadium in, uh, up in Manchester as well that was one of the first stadiums to sell out as well and uh, the reason why I think the capacity is only about five or six thousand and that everyone was complaining and even the Icelandics were complaining about it saying why couldn't you put us in a bigger stadium and they definitely could have but I just think that they they probably thought either it's not going to happen or uh, or maybe the, all the local clubs around there just didn't want to, to host it because they just, just they just didn't believe in it. But anyway, it doesn't matter because it's a success. And like I said to you, England are playing. By the time you hear this, hopefully England will be in the semi-finals of the European Championships and we'll be able to cheer them all. And that's going to be in Sheffield next week. And I've got a few tickets spare for that one if anyone is interested. But anyway, let's talk about Brentford. And uh, there have been a few pre-season friendlies. So we've got our traditional first match of the season, which always kicks off, which is the Wood wood which is probably the closest of kind of National League side to my house, and I never go because I'm not very happy with Borenwood for uh, various reasons. If uh, if you follow non league football, you will know that Borenwood are not the most popular club in non league football, the way that it treats fans and also the way it treats media as well. Their owner is isn't a particularly uh, um, accommodating person and so at the end of the day it may be a great place for Brentford to play but I'd rather go and watch my football somewhere else so uh, but they played that match and Brentford uh, did a good job didn't they Laney
3: yeah they, they, they won 2-0 um, it, was, it was just sort of like dusting the cobwebs off really um, and uh, you know the, the real the real sort of nitty gritty of the pre season's been on the German training camp. So uh, the whole the whole whole of this playing team and the whole of the first team squad um, have gone out to Germany, camped up there. Um, and there's, there's going to be three, three friendlies played, two, two under our belts already, and then an, another one this Saturday. So I, I know um, I watched the game yesterday on YouTube. Well, I watched both games on YouTube. Um, and there seems to be some kind of atmosphere being being, uh, being built up there. So well done to all those that have travelled.
2: Yes, that's right. And there's quite a few people that have travelled so far. And listen, you know, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a good thing. Like I said to you, um, for the first game, like I said to you, Brentford on a Germany tour. They flipped to going to Germany quite a few years ago now. It's actually in the Uwe, Uwe- Rosler era. Where they used to go to Portugal beforehand, and basically when we used to go to Portugal, it was just an absolute big piss up, and and there's no denying about that. You know, people admit basically it wasn't really a training camp as such. It was just a laugh, and it wasn't a serious situation. The Uwe Crossler came and he switched the flip, they flipped the switch, and we started going to Germany. And I went to a couple of pre-season German tours as well. I went to the the infamous Leipzig one that we did. I think it was in 2011, as well. I look at my photographs back and I see that's when my son used to come with me, and he was about seven then, and we had a right right line that's when like harley dean had just joined the club and the uh, brentford the uh, are sort of kind of academy side, because we still had an academy side then had won the milk cup and uh i remember the song we've won the milk cup we've won the milk cup brentford are brilliant we've won the milk cup because there was those signs going around saying brentford is brilliant because they were re they were redoing brentford high road as well so brentford was giving this image of actually being sort of more up market so yeah we did the Leipzig one and we went a few years later we went to Dulmen as well when uh, Dean Smith was in charge and uh, and we we played a match there as well which which is all good but like I said Germany apparently's been very good because the facilities are good the climate is good um, the opposition is normally always good but obviously we've upped the opposition now and instead of playing sort of second division German sides we're actually playing Bundesliga German sides and uh you know and uh you know stuttgart. Like I said to you it Germany or is it France? Or Stuttgart is in Ger- Germany. Stuttgart's yeah. Germany. Stuttgart's in Germany, yeah. that's right. So and uh looking at where Stuttgart were as well, I think Stuttgart, in the Benham world table as we call it, you know, as you know Matthew Benham puts this table together, this league table from all the teams in the world, puts them together to see exactly where they stand against each other so we can actually pit ourselves again when we pit ourselves against teams we kind of see roughly where that position lies and if i remember rightly brentford at the moment now around about 40 or 41 in the in the world in the in the benham league as it calls <laughs> the benham justice league worldwide and i think stuttgart were probably a couple of places um they weren't No, they were about 10 or 15 places below us i think regards to that one um they got a very late goal in that one to win that game 2-1 as well I think it's a late penalty I think it's a last minute penalty on that one Brandon Bumo scored a decent goal in that one as well but you could still check that out on the Brentford YouTube channel um so yes there was that Stuttgart match then there's the game that was um, in the middle of this week as well which was the Strasbourg game which is the game that I actually had it semi-pencil to maybe go along to but they didn't really announce the opposition until very late in the day but like I said to you there are a fair few views that, that, that were down there and they made a little bit of noise as well and that was actually quite an exciting game as well um, what are your thoughts on that? because obviously you, know, you watch that game as well um, Laney I mean for me I, I thought Johan Wieser is a player I'm thinking maybe he might have a bit of a decent season this season
3: yeah, they they both been really close games, and Brent, Brentford should have won both of them in my opinion. I thought, I thought um, Stuttgart were, were the stronger um, on the day. I think I think both of the uh, the games we played against opposition that uh, um, came back from for you know preseason training a week or a little bit longer, um, you know, in advance of Brentford. I think they they were more match fit as as it were. Uh, but yeah, I, I thought we created big big chances in both games. In the Strasbourg match, uh, which was yesterday, the two-two draw. Uh, again, you know, Dervis Soglu had a chance in the second half that, you know, it, on another day would have found the back of the net. Um, two, two really, two really good finishes. We had, uh, you know, we had uh, Keem Lewis Potter getting off the mark in a Brentford shirt as well, which was really good. A great, great through ball from Dervis Soglu, um, and uh, KLP got 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 lucky with with a rebound from his first shot. Uh, the the match looked really the setting of the game looked, looked really good. It was like very picturesque, very green, very blue skies, um, and you could hear the wafts of some of the some of the Brentford songs. It's a, a few rusty performances there. I thought Mazbek Sorensen looked. He kept giving the ball away um, in the game yesterday. Uh, but oh, he never gives
2: the ball away. Yeah, what right? well, he
3: did, um, and you know, again, against opposition, uh, a little bit stronger, and on in the Premier League, that they get punished. So, you know, again, let's not read too much into these. This is literally trying to get minutes, game minutes under their belts, get 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 fit in that heat, um, and, and get ready slowly. We've got another, you know, couple of big games ahead Saturday, then we've obviously got Real Betis back at, back at uh, New Griffin Park so there's there's plenty of time um, and there's you know we have to integrate new players into the squad and, and experiment with different formations you know so uh, yeah um, and we've got a new goalkeeper to, to give minutes to um, and there's, there, there, there's a lot of change going on at the moment so yeah it, it, it's no surprise that we're not we're not where we uh, you know where we
2: have seen us. I'm going to ask, I mean, we, we've talked about this quite a lot on the podcast. Do you um, Are you a bit, um, not nervous, but the fact that we actually um, let in some goals as well? Um, again, our defending from the corners was a little bit uh, astray, where, again, it was just the same old Brentford that you saw back in the day. Ball comes across, corner, boom, back in the net. Now, there's an argument to say, well, you know, Ethan Pinnock is, is injured, you know, so if we have our key players who are out injured, does that leave us very weak, in defence.
3: Yeah, there's, there, there's been a lot of talk on our WhatsApp group about needing, um, you know, more experienced centre-backs. You're right, Pinnock's been absent, Aya's been absent, um, you know, beck has got, got minutes, um, you know, um, Pontus has, has played. Uh, we, we've, we've not, we've not kind of got that, uh, you know, that, that rear guard that we, we, we've been used to. So, yeah, there's been the experimentation, but we, we yeah, we do look a little bit vulnerable at the back. Um, you know, in this, this talk about Ben Me um, joining us—that's in the press today—or talks have happened. That's an interesting one because he's got you know huge amount of Premier League experience and was involved with kind of like that caretaker manager uh, position. I know Michael Jackson was um, the guy that was uh, you know uh, had stepped up. Um, but I think Ben Mee was kind of like in and around uh, helping the first team. So he's someone someone that you know could bring a lot to Brentford. Whether that happens or not, we'll see. But there's a lot of talk about us needing to shore up and get a little bit more experience in that back
2: four or five. Yeah, listen, I'm going to just go on a random one here as well. As you mentioned, Michael Jackson, because I actually remember Michael Jackson. When I was young Now now Chris Guevara actually invited me to Wembley When he was still I think he was assistant manager of Bradford City or he might have been, you know, or it might be the time when Bradford City were in the playoffs. It's either the year before. He'd invited me two years in a row, anyway. And they came along with him. And, uh, you know, and listen, you know, it's great because I was good mates with old Chris Cammy at the time. And I remember the team that they were playing, I'm sure it was Berry, were playing somebody else at the time. And playing for them was Michael Jackson. And I remember Chris Kamara just kept on commenting, going, oh, yeah, you know, they've got Michael Jackson playing for them, blah, 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 Michael Jackson. So that's, it's a real random thing, but it just goes to show you sort of how it graduated from Michael Jackson playing for Berry. Whoever it was at the time, and now he's become manager of uh, or, or he was, or, or was it caretaker manager of Burnley, you know, as well, sort of down the line, how the how the link. Carries on, like you know. But anyway, that is a random one that we just throw in because I haven't done a random one for a while because we haven't done a podcast for ages, like you know. So, but you know, just coming back to these games, like I said to you, sort of two all. Visa's brilliant goal, that I think he scored against Strasbourg as well, fantastic. And I thought KLP, I like the fact. Oh, that's Keen Lewis Potter. For people who may not know about the players we sign, I think that we shouldn't just go in and presume that people know who they are. Uh, Keen Lewis Potter as well. He was very um, resilient. In the way that he scored his goal. there's a bit of a rebound that was lucky for him that came off, and then he bang in the back of the net. But again, he is a player who uh, I think we're looking very forward to seeing playing. And one of my Forest friends, actually, because you know I've got chums all over the gaff, and obviously they've been promoted, and uh, we were talking about actually he he came out of the blue and said to me, "Keen Lewis Potter, you've got a very good player there." He said he whole um, played Forest uh, last season, and he goes, "Keen Lewis Potter had Spence." on toast he said for the whole match he absolutely annihilated him so <laughs> i quite like that because obviously spence has gone to tottenham and everyone's been talking about that and we talked about the idea of possibly getting him for uh, for brentford but um as somebody said that if you notice conte's quote it doesn't look like conte at tottenham is a person who actually wanted Spence it looks like it was probably his owner that wanted him as more of an investment as opposed to Conte actually wanting him as part of the side so we'll see how that player fits in but that's again that's another randomer that we're going off on as well so um so yes and the big game obviously at the weekend and this is the game I think that everybody sort of who's going to go to Germany decided to pencil in for their trip is the Wolfsburg trip at the weekend you know, even even the mortgage man as well, who's one of our old buddies as well. He's going off there for the weekend with his whole crew. So I think there's going to be quite a few bees in Wolfsburg for the weekend. So it sounds like it's going to be a right good laugh. But like I said to you, I'm South Coast here and I'm going to be South Coast Spain by the time the Wolfsburg game kicks off. So I'm going to have to be sitting in front of my YouTube channel watching that at the weekend. But um, but, Laney, I mean, again, you're talking about the quality of the opposition that we're playing. And like, you know, I mean, and I talked about this before. I mean, I don't even know where Wolfsburg, in, but look, you know, we talked about, um, you know, uh, Stuttgart on the Benham League. They're about number seventy, so they're seventieth. You know, around about Bruges and Verona. You know, just just, just below Lens. You know, just above the F-word, Fulham, who are seventy fifth actually at the moment now. Whereas Brentford, like I said, to you are forty one, just below Celtic and just below Monaco at thirty eight, just below West Ham thirty seven, and Seville at thirty five, Lazio at thirty four. Uh, but also they're just they're above Leicester. Mention Gladback, you know. Forty-seven above PSV and and Strasbourg is at about forty-eight, so Brentford and Strasbourg are roughly the same sort of kind of strength, the same level as far as i'm concerned. Whereas um, um, you know, whereas uh, uh, Stuttgart are a slightly lower level as far as the Benham chart is concerned. And I like I said to you, I haven't had to look at Wolfsburg. I can imagine Wolfsburg are a lot higher. Oh no, Wolfsburg are fifty-seven actually, so they're just below Lille and just below Wolves and just above above Valencia. So that just goes to show you, I think that we pitted ourselves against sides who are Roughly the same level of us in Europe. Yeah, then. yeah,
3: and I'm roughly the same. You know, sides when we're at full strength. You know, we're we're not. You know, and we've got we've got players that hopefully you know are going to going to make us stronger um, and 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 have more more strength in depth than we had last year. Um, some of the, some of the new signings. I mean, it's been a busy, busy time. You know, we said in the last podcast that people were getting a bit tetchy, That the the, the, the window had been open for 35 minutes and we hadn't signed anyone. Um, and you know, uh, we've signed you know four or five players now. So you know, with with hopefully one or one or two more to come um and we haven't lost any as yet so uh,
2: yeah it's, we're in a good place um with, with three weeks to go we're in a very good place so listen we're going to go off i'm going to take a break i'm going to scramble around this flat and see if i can find a pier anywhere because i'm really parched and then i'm going to come back and we are going to talk about those new players so new season new players and the interesting thing is that you know we said this last season that Brentford... OK, this is interesting, right? And this is 100%, right? And we're not, we're not just saying these things because we love the club and we the club's arse or anything like that. The fact is, beginning of last season, Brentford predicted, right? The coaching staff, the stats team, whatever you want to call them, predicted they were going to finish 13th. The end of the season, we finished 13th. Now, I found that quite amazing because I didn't think we were going to finish that high, but they predicted that. And they predicted that we were going to finish that high, with the players that we had and we signed. okay, And you might think, oh, they were lucky because Christian Eriksen, they never knew he was going to come. But at the end of the day, listen, they're next were on the line and they did what they had to do. But they were so confident that we would do whatever we were going to do last season. That was their prediction. We didn't go gung-ho and go out and buy a load of players like Fulham did and, and Aston Villa did and all that kind of waste a load of money. We bought it because I think what they wanted to do is try our players to see what we can do in that league. I think they thought that we were good enough to survive right in that league with the players that we've got and then what we can do is that once they've been tested in the league for a season then we can upgrade so whether or not Sergi is or he isn't you know whether or not is you know Frank the Tank is I mean, we don't know we'll find out so that's what they've done now interestingly they've come this season like I said a lot of people go no we haven't signed anyone for three minutes the window's been open they knew exactly what they're doing bang 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 in our podcast last time we explained and we said you know we said that you know um we said that players were coming okay And we predicted that players are coming, and also not only did we predict players are coming. I think we said in the last podcast, we said it's going to be like buses. It's not like when it's going to be one player. So when one comes along, it's like buses; they all come along. And we said that there's going to be a right back signing, you know, and the the hickey has come from Bologna as well. You know, we've got, um, you know, we've got um, from Dominipro as well who's been signed as well and you know and we've got a goalkeeper as well and we predicted as well as well speaking to Andy Key who was our ex-goalkeeping coach who predicted that Brentford will be signing a top quality goalkeeper because we you know last season maybe we we were, we, we, we were a little bit lucky in getting away with the fact that we uh, we had a, a rookie goalkeeper and that almost could have cost us as well so like I said to you sometimes we get the information and we throw it out there and you have to read in between the lines so let's talk about these players as well like Aaron Hickey Aaron Hickey. we talked about him he actually is a left back he used to play for hearts then we got him from Bologna and uh, there was talk about us getting him last January that's when we went in for him for Arsenal fans are gutted because they're saying we should have got him we were after him I'm not sure if they were after him last January and also if we were after him last January and we hooked into him last January we probably scouted him a long time before that but Aaron Hickey from Bologna like I said to you is a player that we um we very much uh well, very much looking after, look, look, looking out for, isn't it, uh, Laney? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. You know, he's, he's played a lot at left back. Um, we're expecting
3: him to play at right back as well. I think he can flip between the two. It's the kind of flexibility and the you know um, the ability to adapt that that we want. Um, you know, not not saying that we you know we we expect players to be playing out of position, but that's 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 where we found ourselves last year. You know, Sergio Canos, we played left back, right back. Left wing, right wing, and he played up front. You know, he, that that kind of roll your sleeves up and do anything that's re- required for the team is this kind of spirit that, that that we're about. You know, it's not about players saying no, I I'm, I'm, I'll play where I'm. I, I feel like I'm at my strongest, and I'm not going to you know potentially mug myself off and and uh, get get shown up for being out of position. So um, you know, Hickey's a player that has got international caliber. Um, European competition calibre he's going to hopefully uh, you know t- help take us to the next level um, and, and and fit in and the right back berth Rico has, has shown that he's going to you know he's fit as he's ever been in pre-season so far don't want to jinx that um, and then, um, you know, we, we, if we're looking for another, another centre-back possibly, then that gives us a real kind of complement of, of experience and kind of like um, potential. Um, but we do, we do need more cover. I was, I was impressed with the calibre of the goalkeeper that's come in as well, um, Thomas Strakoska. So you'll
2: talk about him. Talk about Hickey. Again, like I said to you, his main position is left back. And like I said to you, that's where he's played mainly for, uh, for Hearts and also for, for Bologna as well. But also he plays all the way across the back as well. And he can play in midfield as well. So he's right back, left back, Left midfield, you know. So he's a, he's a really versatile player, like you said. He's a Scotland international as well. You know, at the end of the day, you can't balk the fact that you know somebody plays internationally for their country. That's very, very important as well. And like I said to you, we could talk as much as we want to about these players, but we don't know nearly as much about them as some of these people who've watched them week in and week out. So we thought we're going to go up to Scotland. We're going to go to Hearts. We're going to go to Liam Corbett from the This Is My Story. Podcast. It's a Hearts podcast, and he's going to tell us all we need to know about Aaron
4: Hickey. Hey, how are you doing? Liam Corbett from This Is My Story, a Hearts podcast. So, Brentford have signed Aaron Hickey. We break down a low down of what he was like as a player for us. So, he played, came through debut year 16, broke into the squad, and it was really annoying because all year. We absolutely cried out and struggled the most to have a left back. And then dead robbers come the end of the season because we had a cup final coming up. He was chucked in away to Aberdeen and then away to Celtic and was the best player on the park both games for Hearts. Started the following week in the Scottish Cup final against Celtic and again was an absolute standout. Uh, he's versatile. He can play centre back. He's played right back plays left back play left wing back everything you'd expect in a sort of a modern day back. he's tall athletic strong very good going forward very athletic uh, defensively he's came on leaps and bounds it's probably one of the weaker aspects of his game when he we came in but inexperienced 16 17 year old laddie playing in scottish football which is a bit and can be a bit of kick and rush, you're always going to expect him to be like that, but for the minute he made his breakthrough, for the minute that he uh, got into the team, he was and has been phenomenal, has never really looked back. Strengths as well, like I said, he's really good at attacking, good with both feet, distribution is good as well, likes to get overlaps, likes to get to the byline, and obviously can chip in with some goals he scored, scored goals for Hearts, eh, uh, and they scored goals for Bologna and stuff, and he's been there. Weaknesses, probably say, his versatility can be a bit of a weakness as well, because, when you're that age, and you're desperate to play, you'll agree to play in any position, and I think, left wing back, left back is his, is his strongest positions, but, he will float, and will happily play centre back, or, or right back, and he, he's not as assured in those positions as he is, as he is in the left, so, I would say weaknesses, but, He doesn't have many, to be honest. For a young guy, he's got the world at his feet. He's been superb since he's made his breakthrough. When he was at Hearts, he was really, really underrated, if I'm being honest. Even though we knew he was going to be a superstar, we could tell at the time he was still underrated. I think people underestimated his age uh, in terms of how how far along he was for his age and... Everybody knew and could see his potential, but I don't think it was appreciated just how far he could potentially and potentially go. Like I said, they played. He was chucked in at a deep end in two basic bounce games at the end of the season, and then from those moments onward was undroppable. He needed to play pretty much every game. And then the following season, we had an absolute nightmare season, and he was basically relied upon. Way too much for his age. Had to carry too much on his shoulders, but never shirked from it. Never took any. Never took any on responsibility. Just got stuck, clean in, and was was brilliant. He made a massive impact for Harps and folk were gutted to see him go, but obviously delighted to see him see him progress in his career. Cause it's always great to see a homegrown talent go to the next level. And as much as you say, you have confidence in him that he'll go over to Italy. And play and do well. I don't think anybody was shocked to see just how big an impact he made in Bologna. Uh, he's scoring goals regularly there. He's keep and he keeps on the guy in front of him or the guy that was in front of him when he signed is a full blown Argentinian international, loads of caps, and Aaron's keeping him at the team and then obviously he's he's got his move to the to the English Premier League. In terms of how I think Hickey will will slot into the Premier League, I think the way Brentford play the Premier League in itself, they're going to suit Hickey. Uh, You get more time on the ball than you do in Scotland. It's a lot more athletic, obviously. It's a lot more intense in England in terms of fitness and just the absolute... Every week you're playing against world superstars type stuff, but... From what I've seen, is he stepped up internationally, he's done really well, and for the for the youth teams in Scotland and for the full national team. And you know he's he's not come from a Mickey Mouse league. He's came from Serie A. You know he's playing Juventus Inter and in AC, and he's held his own. He's got Roma, Napoli, all those teams, and he's he's been brilliant. So I think he's a real real asset for you. If I'm being honest with you, I think he'll do he'll do great things in the Premier League if you play to his strengths uh, final thoughts on him I think he'll go again if I'm being honest I think uh, maybe take a year two years to establish himself in the Premier League but I think he's got a, I think he's got a move in and again I think he can go higher and that's no disrespect to, to Brentford or whatever I, I said the same when he played with Hearts I said the same when he played with Bologna I think he has all the attributes you want from a, a modern day fullback uh, I think the only thing that will hold them back is the snobbery around Scottish football players. You look at the English Premier League, you know, you've got Andy Robertson and you get Virgil van Dyke, cut their teeth in the, in the Scottish Premier League, that's what made them. Uh, now they're absolutely mainstays and one of the best club sides in the world, so I think you can get to that level. I'm not sure, but. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. Kieran Tierney has absolutely teared up in the English Premier League as well. I think Aaron Hickey will be, will be a brilliant signing for you. So hopefully the wee man smashes it and Brentford reap the rewards for him as well. So all the best.
2: Cheers for that, Liam. So very good, interesting information about Aaron Hickey, and again, seeing him play against, uh, you know, against Stuttgart, against Strasbourg in particular as well. Again, good player, good passing, good distribution. You can see that he's going to be a really, really good player for us. It's actually very exciting to see these players who are stepped up. You know, we're getting these players just stepping up one little level, and uh, most of the fans around the country have got no idea who these players are like you know like I said to the Arsenal fans we're absolutely screwing about that as well I'm talking about Arsenal fans actually I'm going to do another deviation as well if you check out and I said this to you before the all or nothing series which started with Sunderland and now there's an all or nothing series with Arsenal coming up as well it's going to be out on the 4th of August so just before the season starts okay so that's going to be just before the Leicester game all or nothing Arsenal you have to watch it because all Brentford fans are going to love it. The reason why I know that is that, as you know, I own a record label and one of my tracks is in the opening training scene for that as well. You'll hear it's like a sort of kind of hip hop, um, sort of kind of hip hop, female hip hop sort of um, MC in that as well. So in the closing train, so you should definitely check that out. Um, but also, like I said to you, obviously uh, Arsenal's first game was against the Bees, so you definitely need to have a little listen a little watch. Of All or Nothing, which is going to be on... I think it's going to be on Netflix, if it's not on Amazon Prime. I think it might be on Amazon Prime, actually. Anyway, so definitely check that out. But coming back to, like I said, the Arsenal fans crying because we got Hickey instead that they do. And uh, I think, to me, that makes me feel very happy. And you, Lainey?
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know...
2: these young players are making
3: intelligent decisions that's, that's what I like about it yeah I mean obviously the temptation is always there to, to, to sign for the bigger name club but you know he, he wants to play football and you know we, we can not guaranteeing that but pretty much guaranteeing that and you know we, we're, we're about pushing on to the next level We we would have you know, we don't we get into the situation really where we don't have to actually sell sell our club anymore. People are so aware of the Brentford success story and, and how we kind of uh, flourish by allowing young talent to, to kind of thrive at, at, at the level in the Championship now at the Premier Division. So, uh, you know, he, he's come to play and, um, you know, credit, credit to him for making that decision where it would have been so much easier just to go and take the pay and uh, sit on the bench
2: definitely listen and we've also got more players who have come in to sign for the mighty mighty bees as well Yehor Yamaluk. he's signed from Dnipro in Ukraine now we've had quite a bit of activity in and around Ukraine over the last year we were looking at another player called uh, Mikolai Mudrik as well a midfielder a very exciting very fast um, attacking midfielder winger from uh, um, from Ukraine, who uh, didn't come to us in the end. Plus the the war happened, and then it all went horribly wrong, and uh, things became a little bit more difficult. But now, as things have moved on, we've actually plucked another player from uh, Ukraine. Like I said, to you, Yeho Yamaluk from Dnipro, and he's meant to be a very exciting player. He's a very different player to Mudrik. Okay, he's a lot younger. He's 18 years old, just just about 18 years old. But apparently, he's meant to be super skillful. And initially, we're taking him into our B team so that we can actually kind of get him up to speed because I think he's going to need to get up to speed. So he's not one of these players going to go straight to our first team, but he's definitely a player, from what I can gather, who we're looking to take to another level. Exciting you, Laney, is it?
3: Yeah, really, it really is. And, you know, um, obviously you think about... You know, mentally what he's gone through, and um, you know what's happening in his country. I think it's the right decision to put him into that B team environment. He's coming to a new country. He needs to settle in. He needs to, you know, f- fight, find, you know, uh, feel at home in his new environment. Get used to being at, at our football club. He's as very young as you said. Um, so it allows him the space and the time to kind of get get involved slowly, and as his confidence and his performance builds, then we can integrate him into the first team. Hopefully, I mean that journey might take less than 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 we hope, but it's it's important that we don't put too much pressure on him. You know, big love to him, and I hope it. I hope his move to London is a successful one, and he can be really happy um, at Brentford.
2: Yeah, and and again. I think we're talking about cups and I suppose this is how you can see where the cups have a real benefit because obviously he's a player where we're looking at, you know, when he becomes 20, 21 is going to be a real key player in our side. We need to build him up. So you can see that we'll be looking to, you know, maybe it isn't even the League Cups, which might be a bit too early for him, but it's going to be the FA Cup where we're looking actually to bring him in to the side and actually start playing and start doing what he wants to do. But I mean, listen, we're talking about him, but we've never actually ever seen him play. But we're going to go over to a good mate of mine, Adam from Ukraine plus football as well and he to tell you something he knows everything about Ukrainian football he lived in Ukraine until he got evacuated had to leave there a few months ago he's the one that gave us all our information on Mudrik as well because he knows him very well and he knows about Yamaluk as well and he's got the knowledge so let's go over to Adam to see what he knows about Yamaluk
5: Hi everyone, I'm Adam from Ukrafoot24. I've been involved in Ukrainian football now for the last three or four years, and over the last few years I've been host of the Ukraine Plus Football podcast. It's it's the only English-language podcast about Ukrainian football, and we've been covering everything across the game, international, national, even amateur football at times, because we're all a bit of football nerdiness. Never hurts anyone, does it? One of the players that really excited me when I first got involved in Ukraine, of course, was Igor Yamiluk, who's just joined. You guys at Brentford, he is a cracking player. Um, I kind of first discovered him a bit weirdly when uh, I had my Scout account and flicking through players, looking for any young prospects. This was back in 20, early twenty twenty, and I saw a guy in the Pro One's first team who had a. 2004 birthday. I looked a little closer and I realised he'd played in some friendlies as a 15 year old and it was kind of a lightbulb moment. This kid must be a bit special. So I watched the game that he'd played and he held his own. He wasn't exceptional as you'd expect as a 15 year old but he certainly didn't look out of place amongst men. Weak physically but technically. One of the most talented kids I've ever seen, and we've been following him ever since. As I say, passing is definitely his strength. He seems to have played all across the midfield line uh, for Dnipro and the Ukrainian youth teams over the last few years. But hasn't quite settled on a, a... a position yet as an 18 year old he's going to be in your b team next year i think they'll be trying him out looking at his skill set to try and decide where he's going to go he could end up a michael carrick type midfielder who drops deeper if his physicality improves over the next couple of years or he could move further forward into the sort of Juan matters type of role um If it doesn't, he's he's got the skill to play more advanced. But just at the moment, he doesn't quite have the strength to play well in the first team, if you know what I mean. But at 18, and he's only just turned 18, he's still got uh, time to grow there. In Ukraine, he's, to be honest, he's probably gone under the radar just a little if he'd been at Shakhtar or Dinamo, you know, the whole world would have known about him. But playing for Dnipro 1, it's meant he's he, he's avoided a lot of the pressure that comes with playing for the big two in the league. Everyone's known about him and have been talking about him. we got to remember that Shakhtar and Dinamo couldn't get hold of him. Uh, Dnipro have kept him wrapped up for the last few years. There has been a sort of expectation that he would go abroad anyway instead of moving to one of the big two. But yeah, it's it's a weird one, you know. He's uh he hasn't had the media intensity that you know, players like Mudric, who you were linked with as well earlier this year, who uh, that they've had to suffer. So it's kind of helped him in his progress. I remember a while ago I was talking to one of the Sort of top journalists over in Ukraine, and he said, Yeah, I'm lucky he's still a schoolboy. We're not going to worry about him yet. Yeah, we've got the guys at Shakhtar who we need to focus on who are going to sort of lead the next generation. So I think that's probably one of the reasons why you know the money you've paid for him has been so low. I mean, 1.5 million what a bargain, it really is a bargain. If he goes as well as, well as I'm expecting him to. You could get ten times that at least when you look to sell him on. You know he's with you for three years. I'm sure he'll happily extend the contract if he becomes a success. And yeah, if if he grows the way I hope he does, um, you're going to have yourself a Premier League quality player within the next sort of twenty four months. There's been a lot of talk, I think, about him joining the B team, playing for the under twenty threes, but. I feel like he needs to go go out on loan and play man's football a bit more than playing amongst the kids. Technically, he isn't going to develop any more than what he's already got. It's it's being able to compete against men. He's spent a lot of time in the youth youth systems across Ukraine. It's now time for him to play the grown-up game and learning how to compete and find space on the ball in such congested league and he isn't going to get that playing playing against other kids it's very very different style of football and you know i'm sure most of your listeners will as well you grow up very quickly when you go out alone you go into a, a lower league environment which is a bit rougher and yeah it's either sink or swim and hopefully he will swim I like the idea of him playing the caribou cup games and hopefully i don't know if you're in that pizza cup or whatever it's called now these days with your under 23s well that's going to give him a bit of hope but yeah i'd really i'd really like to see him out on loan <laughs> if not in august january at the latest one sort of the cup competitions have calmed down yeah you, we spoke, didn't we, a while ago about Mudrick and he's 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 an outstanding talent. He really is a very different player to y- Yarmuluk. I mean, Yarmuluk's the midfielder. He's, I think he's going to settle in central midfield. He has been tried out wide because of his lack of strength at the moment, but once he balls up, I see him either as a, a six or an eight, whereas Mudrick can, has got one position and one position only. That's on the left wing, cutting in. You no, know, on on his right foot, either looking to put the crosses in or hitting a shot to the, the far corner. That's that's his game set. Uh a lot quicker. Very quick feet. Um he's gone through the process that Yamaluk's gonna go through now over the last couple of years. He's you know, last season for him was a breakout season. We saw him previously do a lot of work in the gym to bulk up, to be able to stand up to the defenders, whereas before that, he was just getting knocked off the ball too easily, not being able to have any end product. You know, We knew he had the control, we knew he had the skill, but if you can't find the space to show it, you, you're never going to do anything in this game. And he's gone through that process and was starting to see the world-class performances like he showed in the Bernabeu in the Champions League this year that we've been hoping for. He's Still, again, he's not a finished product. He's still got space to grow but he's a lot further on and I think was it 18-20 million that you'd offered before the war started um, probably around an acceptable price I would have looked at nearer 25 but obviously with what's gone on this year in Ukraine uh, the whole economy has been ripped to pieces by uh, the invasion from the, those evil people to the north of us who uh, are committing all sorts of atrocities there and football as one of many many you know all aspects of life is is suffering and we're seeing uh lots of lots of shakhtar players uh, are leaving a cut price but the ukrainians at shakhtar are being sort of cl- clung on to The foreigners are allowed to suspend their contracts to leave, but the domestic players like Madrid aren't allowed to suspend their contracts. So with the situation at Shakhtar, I don't know if you've seen that they're trying to sue FIFA at the moment for 50 million euros in lost transfer revenue, and they're desperately trying to cling on to all their Ukrainian players to try and... Basically, try and keep some value in the club. They've claimed that with Tete and Solomon leaving, they've lost this fifty million because of the the rules that FIFA have, have brought in. Um, the Solomon case to Fulham, I know the, one of your rivals is is particularly sort of galling, where they'd Fulham had agreed verbally with, with on a fee to pay Shakhtar, and then at least Palkin alleges that. Uh, Fulham backed out. Then, once this new uh, law was brought into place, backed out and said, "You know what, Solomon can suspend his contract. He can join us on loan. And then, when his uh, contract expires at the end of next season, he can join us for free. So, why are we going to give you $7.5 I think it was agreed. So they've they've kept that in their pocket and checked that I've missed out. At the same time. Mudrick, who there'd been a sort of a deal agreed with Leverkusen for him to go to Temp for 10 million, and this was going on at the same time. All of a sudden, we hear that Mudrick's been touted out again to the Premier League for 15 20 million, and no one's taking it knowing that what's going on. And We were expecting to see Mudrick still in a Shakhtar shirt next season, obviously. With the situation in in Ukraine, it's not going to be best for his career. But from a sort of Ukrainian perspective, it's great to still see him there. In football for all Ukrainians at the moment is is a secondary thing. You know, but even for for me myself, we were living there until the war began. Uh, myself and my family, we moved away um in march uh the town where we live came under attack late february so we had to evacuate there then after a while of hiding in western ukraine you know, the kids were getting all freaked out by the air raid sirens and the like so we had to uh, get out of the country to try and give them some sort of normality that's why we're we're here now, living in Luxembourg, but talking to you today from Belgium. i not too far away, and uh, they they they're getting settled again. But obviously, any time they they hear Ukraine, they still they still miss home like like we all do. And we're hoping they can see some football, and life in general get back to normal once those evil people from from the north have been destroyed and got rid of. Anyway, uh, back to back to Brentford, And I'm hoping Yamlok will get a bit of game time this season. I'm not optimistic. It's just a hope of mine. I said to you earlier, I hope he does go out on loan. Um, probably January loan would be best. Give him some cup games in the first half of the season. Just get him adapted to the English style of football, the increase of pace. He's going to have some national team games as well then get him into the League 2 National League for the remainder of the season, and then see how he goes in, in year two of the three-year contract. I think that's, that would be the best way to go. Yeah, Cheers, guys. Thanks for having us on. Uh, look forward to watching his progress, and it's great to have another Premier
2: League team to support for the season ahead. So there you go, Adam who was in the ukraine but he's now in luxembourg and um maybe there's a, there's a there's a bee there's a bee out in luxembourg as well maybe he can hook up and they can have a, a bit, of, bit of a session together actually uh the tabissimo i know you're out in luxembourg there because he messages us quite a lot and uh maybe the tabissimo I'll actually tell you something he sent me over some tracks of tabissimo i need to deal with them it's a uh remember we talked remember we did that it's a london thing mm. laney then we sort of kind of just try to flip the script well uh I think the tabisimo had a bit of a sort of a musical interlude oh, he's like, done it, he? i think listen oh, yeah right. i think we might have to we have to we might have to revisit that one actually because mm. now we've got a little bit of time and my the headspace and like i said to you me sitting here looking at the sea you know and i'm going to have a bit of fresh air and you know going to be sort of sitting in the spanish sun in a few weeks time so maybe we might might in the next podcast have some uh some music some tracks for okay, you oh, no, yeah that's right yeah oh, you're feeling that mm, you mm. feeling that yeah now, Excited, excited, But anyway, listen, Adam, thanks for the intro- information on Yarmuluk. Uh, really exciting player, really looking forward to him coming to the Bees. But listen, we move on. We'll, listen. We, we, there's only so much we could talk about these players. We want to see them in action. We will be seeing them very, very soon. The goalkeeper, though, very interesting, because when he got signed, there was a little bit of like, yeah, this is exciting. Then there was like, oh, actually, what does this mean? Because I think a few people are thinking we've signed this player from Lazio experienced goalkeeper Albanian goalkeeper plays for the national side you know um, he's played what's it you know 19 times for Albania 200 times for Lazio he's played 150 Serie A matches like you know he's a top top goalkeeper Thomas Strecosa but they thought does that mean that Reyes going because obviously last season we had Arsenal put in a bid of 10 million which is laughable for, uh, for Raya and uh, that was just like see you later uh, but then there's still talk about Raya and, and, and then obviously you've got to think about Raya thinking look you know these ex- inverted commas bigger clubs want me you know I, I, sh- I want my move at some stage so we have to put certain things in place so I'm wondering whether or not this is a situation where we're putting something in place just in case Raya does leave the TW8 sort of turf what, what are you saying Laney
3: yeah it's, I, I think you know we'd be, we'd be mugs not to cover our asses. to be honest with you it's a, it's a massive year for, for David Rea um, you know the chances are that he will travel to the World Cup with Spain as part of their squad uh, if he has the start to the season that you know that he, he had at the end of the last campaign, it's, it's, it's inevitable that you know the top teams will, will come knocking for him. You know he's, he's a thirty-stroke, forty-million-pound player to Brentford, so the money's got to be right. He's got a couple of seasons left on his contract. So you know, this time next year, it, it's you know something needs to be done. Either he, he signs an extension, or, or we sell him before um, it gets to that stage. We have to we have to get money for for Raya because he's he's he's, he's class, um, and he he's a massive part of. Um, our success story be a tragedy. Uh, the day he goes, because it's a risk whether you can actually replace what he what he brings us. Um, Thomas Strakosha, as you said, he's he's got bags of experience, and he's he's not he's he's not going to come here uh, expecting to be uh, you know play second fiddle for too long. So uh, you know it's it's it, I think there's some inevitability about Ray leaving at some stage. It'll be sad, but you know. Um, you know just got, he, he's been a, he's been a big part of um, some happy days for us so you know whether it's whether it's soon whether it's medium term whether it's this time next
2: year but i i think you know i think David Raya will be looking to leave at some stage soonish okay. and, and interesting i mean we got him on a free transfer this is uh, Stracosa as well so he's on a free transfer so this is given a bit of flexibility i think the interesting internet chat for me was the fact that a lot of players are going or a lot of fans were going but he's gone to Brentford, and there's like real confusion as to like how a goalkeeper this quality would go to Brentford. So again, it shows how you how we're stepping up, you know, we're stepping things up, you know, quite massively as well, which I think is sort of quite exciting, don't you, Laney? Yeah, yeah. I
3: mean, I, I, I watched the uh, the interview with him on, on the Brentford channel, um, skipping around the training camp in the, in, a, in, a, in a golf golf cart. He's um, got perfect English, uh, um, intelligent guy. His, his dad played. Uh, for the international team, um, and um, you know, being a goalkeeper is, was always, you know, seems to be in his DNA. But uh, it's, it's, it's as you say, you know, out the the, the caliber um, of our signings. Um, and their reputation within the game, and their are um, their, um, being attracted to go to you know championship uh, Champions League rivals in the Premier League is is, is a sign of um, just how our reputation, our star has risen. Um, you know, people are aware of us. They want to come because we're an exciting team.
2: That's right, and, and like I said to you, you know Andy Key, who's Brentford's ex goalkeeping coach, who I met in uh, on, on Orlando a couple of months ago as well on the on the rooftop bar when the, his team Charlotte FC were having their team talk, as you do by the pool, you know. So I was there with all the characters and uh, chat to Andy, and like I said to you, he's the one that predicted that Brentford are going to get in a top class goalkeeper as their second goalkeeper, you know, because that's what we have to do in the Premier League. He said it's just it's too expensive for us to actually not in getting a player like that. So like I said to you, fair play to you, Andy, as well and also slady if you're listening to this one as well Andy says hi and he does the old tip of the hat to you as well so slady hope you're enjoying your holidays well you're probably back at work now which is all good so uh yeah so slady slady's working he works hard behind the scenes there uh down at uh, jersey road but which is all good but listen i mean what there's a load of other players that they're talking about coming to brentford and, and, and to be honest you, we don't try and get involved in the old rumor i mean i know you mentioned one a little bit earlier there laney as well we like to sort of delve a little bit so we can bring you a little bit more meat and a little bit more information like you know um there was an inch but there was one interesting rumor which went around and i think it went around because we thought he was so good in the world cup which was uh damsgaard the danish player as well because he was uh he was he was quality actually in the in the World Cup and there's rumours going around whether or not they're true or not that he possibly may be linked with Brentford. Now I know that he had an injury. Somebody said it was arthritis. I don't know if that's true, but he's he hasn't played as much, so whether or not he's he, he's he's not fit whether or not he's not the same player as he was before, I don't know. But there's been a lot of rumour about the Damsgaard and Brentford, hasn't there, lately
3: Yeah, Mikhail Damsgaard. Yeah, again, you know, it's um, he's, <laughs> he's, he's the calibre and the experience that he could bring. Um, and obviously, you know, being being a Dane, it's uh, you know, there's obviously some sort of uh, contact that that could have been made and should have been made. You know, um, it's coming from a reliable source. You know, Bold um, is a big. Big Danish um, news channel and newspaper. Um, they're they're not in they're not one of the typical clickbait sites um, at all. So um, you know where there's where no smoke without fire as they say, uh, which is quite topical. Um, but we'll we'll see. You know um, the other the other uh, new signing that we always get this time of year is bloke called halil devasoglu i don't know he, he's, he's a new sign in every summer he comes back and he looks good and then he goes somewhere else so um i'm not sure what's going to happen with him so uh, there's 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 kind of lots going on lots of lots of decisions uh,
2: to be made yes indeed and tell you something just coming back to uh mudrick as well michael mudrick the Shakhtar winger who we went in for last december and we bid up to about 16 million for him and then they kind of like just went quite on us, and I think they were trying to get 20 or 22 million for him. And then the war came, and then it all went a little bit, you know. Well, as I say, war. The war came, and it just changed everything in Ukraine. And all of a sudden, um, I think a lot of teams decided that they needed to sell quite a lot of players. Now I'm not sure what happens with Shakhtar, but they were in a, a situation where I think they were looking to offload players. And uh, but the prices had dropped quite massively. Now I don't know what's happened with Brentford and Mudrick. Apparently, he's a very different player to Jamalik, so maybe he may still fit in with what we need to do. But I noticed that I think Adam said that the F word Fulham were in for them, so immediately that's kind of put me off it. You know, or maybe I should be actually, I should be happy the fact that maybe it looks like that maybe he's rejected their advances, isn't it, lady?
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, he he needs to find a good home. I think he was looking for a move to Germany, um, and I I, I don't think there's you know the the personal terms or um, the the fees been agreed. You know, as you, as you as you as you say, there's a lot going on um, clearly in Ukraine, and uh, the foot, football is sorting themselves out. New new deals is all part of that kind of chaos that's that's reigning there. You know, um, so yeah, I, I get the buzz that it's it's, it's something that's not going to happen with Brentford now, and we've we've kind of moved on and we've we've made other signings. But you know, um, if there's an opportunity there, I'm sure I'm sure we'll we'll take it if it does arise
2: and you know talking about players it's you know moving on we've got Megoma who's gone to AFC Wimbledon as well which could be a good move for him he looks like a decent player as well from our B team or well or is he from our first team I think maybe he's from our first team as he you probably correct me on this one he, he might have got promoted up to the first team but he's actually at AFC Wimbledon so he looks quite decent As well, and uh, I think there's um, uh, what's his name. Yeah, there's a few other players. Don't don't forget,
3: you know, Keen Lewis Potter. We haven't mentioned this podcast, but we did. We mentioned him a lot in the in the previous one. That's right. But um, you know, it might be you know. It, it, it was... We, we said it was almost going to happen and then it took another sort of 10 days for it to actually sort of, uh, you know, to unfurl properly. But, um, you know, that, that was in the bag and uh, we, we, uh, we, we trumpeted that one in the last edition of the Besotted Pride of West London podcast.
2: We did, indeed. And, the, and again, you know, I've got my whole mates and everyone coming back to me saying, he's a great player for you. He needs to put on a little bit more weight. As a lot of people keep saying to us about these players when they move up the level, level, they need to be putting on some weight so that they actually don't get knocked off the ball. Um, you know, decision making at times needs to be different, but they say that they're a very, very exciting player. Um, lots of people from different teams that I've spoken to in the championships say he's a great player for us. So I think that the fact that we've been after him for quite a while and we've nabbed him, I think it can only be a good thing. And he's a record signing as well, which is quite mad at £16 million as well, which is uh, which is really, really weird to sort of kind of see how we've moved from, you know, from when we signed... Brian and Boomer for 6 million euros. And we were like, wow, 6 million euros like Brian and Boomer. And that was what, maybe what, three, three years ago at the most. So it just goes to show you how things have sort of kind of the trajectory of these players has moved over the past uh, few years. Dominic Jeffries. Um, I- I've heard Rotherham were in for him. I've heard Chillingham are in for him. But, you know, Dom Jeffries, he's, uh, as we know, he's off as well. Um, uh, Junior Janvier as well. I think he's on trial at Ogier. Oh, yeah. He was actually on trial at Reading. But from what I heard, he had a bit of a punch up. With one of his teammates as well, oh, it's, something happened with one of his teammates, which was a bit of an altercation. Probably is probably a better word to use from that one. And then the word came out saying as Junior and Jean Vier will not be uh, training with Reading anymore. So that was the end of that. Then, so uh, he's uh, c- can be a little bit feisty, old Jean Vier, couldn't he? Yeah, he needs to he needs to get
3: another club pretty quick. To be honest with you, he needs to, you know, otherwise his career is just going to kind of get derailed. Um, yeah, that's it's just yeah. like, that's a concern.
2: That's right. That's right. So listen, I mean, there's more just other things we want to talk to you about. So listen, that's it on the transfer front. We'll come back to you in a week or so's time. We will talk to you a little bit more about the transfers in and around Brentford and probably in around the, the Premier League as well. But what we want to do is talk to you very briefly about something very exciting happening with Besotted. Because Besotted, as you know, Brentford have gone global. You know, there's fans from all over the world tuning in and watching brentford and listening to our podcast thank you very much for listening to us thank you very much for checking in with us thank you very much for you know social media messages and everything like that you do with us and it's really good to have you guys and girls on board which is all good um but so listen laney we've, we've set up a new little thing for this season Everybody, be we? sort of global tell everybody about it
3: well So, yeah, Besotted Global is going to be a new social media community. So um, if you think about it as like an environment where uh, everyone can get their news content, um, you can have conversations with us, there'll be video chats every week, there'll be exclusive uh, match day videos, live podcast broadcasts, um, weekly video discussions all in a safe environment because we it's been a it's been a bane um the last not so much the last couple of years but over the last kind of there's been moments where you know social media it, it gets it's, it's it's too it's too trolly it's, it's too confrontational it gets too angry it seems like you can't have a conversation at times so um we've been approached by a new platform um, and they've kind of got this safety um, at the, at the center um, of, of what they do um, and we've, we've looked into it um, and we as you rightly say Bill, you know they, the international podcast that, that you did um, about three or four months ago it showed how there's pockets of Brentford fans literally springing up all around the world and we wanted, we wanted a place where all of those people could come together as well. And so, within this environment, we're going to have different areas, and people can go into all the areas. But um, you know, there's there's going to be uh, you know a match day zone where everything and the build up to the game, um, the transport, the the, you know we'll have a way day zone, we'll have a history zone, um, and then we'll have this international zone where we can kind of allow people to talk, um, tell them about. Brentford fan culture, a bit of tradition, some history. Um, and then in the areas where everyone has access to, as I said, we're going to have a lot more content um, that's we're, we'll produce for that area, um, and then we, you know, the the podcasts are pr- going from strength to strength. The numbers of that are listening to us are, on a weekly basis are, are 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 huge at the moment, and you know we want we want to encourage people to kind of participate, and it's hard to do that. And we I think we'll be able to do that within this environment, so we could have like a pre-match, a pre-pod meeting where people can you know we can chat with them we can get people involved we can record stuff there's a there's a lot more potential so yeah this 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 besotted global um is going to be a subscription um service it's going to be five or a month um it's going to be we're going to keep it as as, as 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 cheap as we can um and because this subscription everyone has to give their information and that's not you know that's not a bad thing so every week every everyone is who they say they are on the screen and that accountability we believe is going to give us an environment that everyone trusts each other no one's going to slag each other off it's going to be a very positive very besotted environment and i know i think you know i'm looking forward to it
2: yeah i mean it's good and i think i mean we've we've actually been you know we were approached about this about six months ago we decided not to launch it last year because to be quite honest with you you know i quite like what we do at the moment now and i you know i like the fans that we've got and the, the input that we've got so i wanted to make sure that certain things didn't change so we just chilled out on a little bit then we had a little bit of a think about it over the summer as to how we can actually add to what you do to make it positive and uh and and i think that's the main thing so we already do what we do. So we've got our Thursday podcast and that's not going to change. You know, we've got our post-match podcast and that's not going to change. All the things that we do it Beside, that's not going to change. But we're just working out, you know, what else can we give which people, if they wanted to, wanted to get involved in. And, uh, you know, and then we've created this environment, which is something that people if they want to get involved in they can do if you don't want to we've still got all the other things that we do and we do them and they're out there and they're going to be on our platforms they're going to be free and which is all good so like i said to you it's almost like it's a bit of an addition but for us we're thinking there's a there's only so many more extra things that we can do before we're actually ground to flipping into the into the into the ground as it is like you know so we're just thinking this this is a way of just adding certain things inside there and also it gives you an area where you could talk amongst yourselves so you don't necessarily need us you could talk amongst yourselves you could discuss stuff amongst yourselves and you don't have to worry about people flipping just running you down and just being horrible and nasty because that's the thing no, I just can't be asked about that stuff like you know what I'm saying I'm too old for that Like you know and I'm sure a lot of you are as well so listen there's going to be a little trial period but people will be able to try it out and just check it out and see if you like it and if you don't it's cool because we're still doing our stuff anyway and let's just see how it goes and if it doesn't work it doesn't work. Listen, there's no problem whatsoever. But looking forward to it yeah. very much, beside global. So
3: we're gonna we, we'll put the links on the Twitter. We'll explain it again on on online and um, on the website, and we'll mention it every every issue on the podcast as well. So you get a month months free. Um, you just sign up. There's, there's going to be a waiting list. Um, so uh, yeah, sign up and then if you if there's if there's stuff that you want us to do on it if there's there's extra features that you want us to to to, to kind of contemplate and to consider we're it's a it's a two-way street um you know it's it's, it's a it's an environment we want to to thrive and uh so yeah if you want to if you want to be an input if you want to be an admin if you want to look after an area if you want to Whatever you know, you can you can you, we, we let's chat there.
2: So listen, we're going to go away. I'm going to find another drink. I've really struggled to get a drink <laughs> before, and then I'm going to come back, and we're going to just talk about a few more things. So talking about new season, uh, we talked about cr- ticket prices on the last podcast, and with the fact that the prices had gone up for people who don't have season tickets, and uh, even the kids' price had gone up. I think they're doubled to twenty quid for a match, which we thought, hmm, at this time of the year or this time is it really right to sort of kind of be putting the prices up and we know that clubs have got to keep themselves afloat and they had real problems during the pandemic because obviously they didn't have money coming in but on the flip side they have to look at things but fair play to bias they got the club in they chatted to them and they said kids prices man you need to just loud out and uh, they have and they've reversed the decision to put the kids prices up so the kids prices from what i can gather are back to the original rate they were last season which i think is about 10 quid a match which i think is uh, which is fair enough which is a good call there isn't it laney and goes to show you that listen grown people can come together have a chat talk about things and turn around and say okay we were wrong about that and, and flip the script yeah fair
3: it? play as, as you know yeah, you're right what we said that on the podcast last time we said it didn't seem right and putting kids prices up um, it's it kind of stuck in the craw um, they got it you know, they've got it wrong, um, and they've reversed it. And talking about getting things wrong, I also mentioned that I was a hundred percent convinced that, uh, Christian Erickson was going to stay at Griffin Park. And I, I did say that I was probably going to be up for a fall. Um, but you I, know, I've, I've moved on already. Um, he's made his decision. He's made the wrong one. And, uh, it's uh you yeah, know we, we we do we still wish him well. uh, who um, who's that not sure i'm not sure i've moved on that's i've moved on bill
2: i've moved on that's all right as far as that's concerned as you know in our circles literally anytime anyone mentions him we've had links going around and i'm who, who? and i've always been a bit who with christian erickson because i know a lot of people excited about him and how he's played sorry who yeah exactly um but for me, you know, it's lovely that he came to us but at the end of the day, listen, he did what he had to do and we did what we had to do and we move on. So it is very much a who. So as you've noticed, whoever it is has got very <laughs> little airtime on this podcast now and we'll be getting even less airtime as time goes on. And it's not because we're horrible and bitter, but it's like we've got new players like the KLP and uh you yeah. know, whoever else is coming in that we need to talk Let's about. Get,
3: beh- get behind them. We got behind them he's you know he's done what he's done and we'll get beyond the,
2: the new who? lot i don't know, who? I don't know man. who okay all right anyway talking about next season um we talked about next season but before that we talked about last season because last season was our first season in the premier league and it was a very good season uh, a very good season we had a right good laugh we stayed in the premier league we finished 13 we did very well we beat chelsea and all sorts of things were going on in arsenal and people weren't happy with us and we Leeds almost went down but they celebrated finishing in 17th place because they're champions of Europe and all that (laughs) stuff but if you want to read about all these things that happened get a book called a bus stop in Hounslow by Greville Waterman the Waterman as we call him (laughs) and a very good book I've got my copy that I'm going to be taking on the plane with me and reading by the pool in Spain. It's a very good book, and you had a chat with Greville about it, didn't you, Laney
3: Yep, I went down the pub in Weybridge with him last week, and we had a little chin had a couple of a couple of pints, and um, he told me all about his book, *A Bus Stop in Brentford*. um At the start of it, I do mention that I'm about to tell you as
2: well about *Bus Stop in Brentford*. *Bus you, Stop you in Hounds, Sorry,
3: *Bus Stop in Hounslow Oh, mate, you've got <laughs> no. Listen, you are
2: a lesson red card <laughs> immediately, Laney You don't even know yeah. your own Brentford songs. No, no,
3: no, don't. I'm, I'm Hot and bothered, Bill. Leave me alone.
2: Yeah. So I mentioned that um,
3: um, I'm going to tell you all about uh, the Brentford Revolution book that I'm currently writing with Tim Street. I won't tell you about that this issue. What I will do is um, I'll put together a standalone pod for for next week, where um, I'll, I'll I'll include loads of clips from the interviews we've been doing with all the managers, um, the head coaches, the players that have got us to the Premier League. Um, So it, it will be a really good listen. So I'll tell you all about the Brentford Revolution next week, but what you're going to listen to now is a chat that I did with Greville Waterman about his book, Just a Bus Stop in Hounslow. So I thought we'd do something a little bit different this week, and uh, it's turning into a bit of a Brentford book club. Um, I'll talk a little bit about Brentford Revolution, which is uh, a a project that I'm putting together currently with Tim Street, who wrote for the Hounslow Chronicle for many years and uh, various other Brentford websites. But first, I'm very, very pleased to be with... An old chum of mine, Greville Waterman, who has who, uh, written an incredible record of Brentford's first season in the Premier League. I say first because uh, hopefully it's one of many to come and it could be one of many volumes of this, uh, this, this Greville Waterman project. Uh, um, uh, so yeah, Just a Bus Stop in Hounslow is the title of the book. It's, it's out now. Um, you can buy it from the club shop. You can buy it from Amazon. You can buy it direct from the publisher, Hawksmoor Publishing. Um, the book is twelve ninety nine, I believe, um, and it runs to an incredible, f- almost four hundred pages. Greville, it's, it's quite obvious what, what made you come up with this idea. But there must have been times where you thought this was a, this may not be the brilliant idea it was when you first started it back in back in August.
6: Well, let's just say that when we had lost seven out of our last eight games and we couldn't buy a goal, we went, I think, 15 games uh, without scoring first. I did think that this was a project that might get scrapped halfway through. But thankfully, the return of David Rea, the return of Christoph Ayer and what was that midfield player we brought in in January? I can't remember his name, um, whatever his name was. Uh, And of course, Christian Eriksson. Suddenly, everything was rosy in the garden,
3: and there was a happy ending. So that's the that's the that's the only problem with with reading a book like this. You, you you already know the ending, but the the detail and the the angles that you've kind of approached this book. It's it's, it's you you're given really. Good access to, to the club's players and um, the staff um, and, the, and to Thomas Frank. How, how were they um, during the season? How, how did their moods uh, raise and lower? Well, I think the thing about Brentford is they're always
6: very calm and phlegmatic, they make their decisions and they make cool calm rational decisions and they keep to them and they don't panic there're no knee-jerk reactions and certainly everyone i spoke to throughout the season was nothing other than confident that it was going to end well and they were incredibly helpful pretty much every door that i wanted to open was open for me and Really, it was something that they wanted to be have, have written, and it was something that I needed to write because I'd just gone through a bad time in my life, life with my wife dying. So it was important, and I can't thank the club enough. Uh, Chris Wickham was incredible. Sounds like an Oscar speech, this. Uh, Thomas Frank is an amazing man. When you meet him, you are the most important person in the room. He gives you full eye contact. He's not looking over your shoulder. He's not looking at his watch or his phone. He is a very special man. And you know what? This is a pretty special club.
3: No, 100%. And, you know, a very special season. So, you know, we we start off, obviously, again, you know, we we know where we start and we know where we finish. But you obviously dedicated... Hours every day to, to this um, was it something that you? It, it's more than a diary, Greville You know, it's it's a, it's a forensic kind of expose of of nine months in in the in the in, the, in a football club's life. Uh, you know, talk us through the actual the, the logistics of writing this book. How, how many hours and you know what what kind of what kind of project was it for you? I pretty much wrote it as the season went on. I would write
6: most days. Um, I can write fast. I can write probably two, three thousand words in a day if I have to. Um, so I tried to keep it fresh. Um, there were times when I got a bit disillusioned and a bit fed up and other things happened or I went away. And But I never got more than about two or three weeks behind what was going on and then I'd desperately catch up. So the rule I had was that I could edit and edit and re-edit because I'm fairly, fairly anal so I would write it, and I would rewrite it, and I would polish it, and I would start again and redo it, and my publisher was going crazy about it. But the one thing I wouldn't do is change opinion. So if I said something in September that proved to be patent bollocks by February, I left it. Because otherwise you're not being true to yourself. But it really kept me busy, it filled my days and my nights for nine months. and you know it was my my baby I feel a bit bereft now I, got, I need I need something
3: to do and you know how, how difficult was it not to get too carried away when the you know when the highlights happened and then to skim over the low lights or to to get too down about the low lights how, how have you kept you know how, how have you kept the Thomas Frank ethic of treating success and failure as, as equals without you know getting too high or too low
6: I tried to keep things on an even keel. I think when the season began, I was excited but terrified. We all knew we were good, but we didn't know how good we were. We didn't know if we were good enough. Um, And I was lucky enough to have a chance to meet Thomas Frank the night before the Arsenal game. And I was a quivering wreck. The home game. The home game. The first game of the season, I was a quivering wreck. He was calmness personified and he actually filled me with enthusiasm and convinced me that we were actually going to have a very good season. Phil Giles did the same a week or so later and I said to him, why are you so certain that we're going to do well? And he said, well, we've been preparing for this for years and actually the team is pretty much Premier League ready. Um, And later on we talked about Norwich. And the difference between Brentford and Norwich is that Brentford, sold, uh, Norwich sold their best player in Buendia, didn't really replace him, spent their money very badly, and didn't know how to defend. Brentford kept everybody, made a couple of very very good additions, and more importantly, adapted the way they played to every team that every team that came up against them. So when you played Brighton, albeit they beat us twice, we were at home, we played short passing to match them. When we played Liverpool at home, we went much more long ball because it was the way to nearly beat them. So Thomas Frank was exceptionally clever in the way he ran that team last season.
3: Would you have binned it if we'd have got
6: relegated? I wouldn't have binned it. My publisher
3: might have done. But that, would it have seriously changed the whole dynamic?
6: It would have been published but it would have died a death very quickly.
3: The Chelsea away game, I mean, you, surely you could have written 400 pages just about that?
6: Uh, yeah, I think I wrote about 5,000 words as it was and I had to have a lot cut out. It was probably the best result in our history. And even at half-time, you know, it was nil-nil at half-time and we'd played ever so well. And I thought that we'd probably let them off the hook because we could have been two up at half-time. And then when Rudiger scored that ridiculous goal just after half time from thirty nine yards I think it was. Um I I just thought it's like another Leicester. It's Leicester all over again. Um and I thought that we would subside and then we equalised within two minutes. And suddenly Chelsea collapsed. We were we were touched by the gods. Everything went our way. We were brilliant. And I thought that the most remarkable thing about that day wasn't what happened on the pitch but it was Thomas Tuchel's interview after the game i have never heard anyone so grudging and patronizing and he didn't give us an ounce of credit he basically said brentford were well organized and took advantage of the 10 minutes that we gave them and then he started going off on some riff and tangent about we were training in gloves yesterday but it was a bit hot today so there was all that stuff. And Thomas Frank, I can tell you, was very upset with Tuchel. Um, and even after the, the 1-0 game at uh, the Brentford Community Stadium, where frankly we pulverised them for 20 minutes, he said to me that after the game, Tuchel basically said nothing. And Thomas said, if it had been me, I'd have come up to me and said, we were so bloody lucky today. But there wasn't a thing. There wasn't any acknowledgement. Obviously, we're in a different stratosphere or Chelsea in a different stratosphere to us, you know
3: looking back over the last nine months and and the project as a whole you know what 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 are you most proud of in terms of the club's achievements and you know what what's in the book
6: I just thought that Brentford were a good news story all year. They never panicked, they just kept playing their football as uh thomas credit thomas Frank kept saying we we want to be an asset to the Premier League." They proved that they were a real asset to the Premier League. So I'm totally proud of the way they stuck to their guns. Thomas Frank was so consistent in everything he said to the media, to the players, to the fans, you know, and the players respect that. The players like, they don't like surprises. So they knew what, to, what they were going to get from their manager, from their head coach. Um, so I'm very proud of Brentford. I'm very proud that we stuck to our guns. I'm very proud that we kept playing our football. I'm very glad, proud that we never cheated. We were a, a real asset to the Premier Not League.
3: Not even at Wolves, with the, with the ripped gloves. <laughs> well, they,
6: well, his glove ripped. What do you expect? What do you expect? You know, there was probably a nail on the crossbar. No.
3: Um,
6: I, it was actually quite funny watching Bruno Large lose his shit after that game. He just lost it. He just And he was, again, trying to push the blame on anyone other than himself because his team were a disgrace that that, that afternoon. We could have won 5-0. Um, as far as I'm concerned you know without getting too serious because of what had been going on in my life I needed something to get me out of myself, this did everyone I spoke to was kind to me, everyone I spoke to was helpful, so that was wonderful and I set myself a challenge to do it and I've written books before but this actually was quite a hard book to write um, and it seems to have come out quite well, so yeah I am proud
2: So there you have it Laney and Greville talking about a bus stop in Hounso which is basically Brentford Um, our football club and the reasons behind that, we all know, or most of us know. If you don't know, then you should need to read a book like The Bus Stop in Hounslow, um, and which is all good. So that's really great. And, and, and Laney, just talked about, like I said to you, your book, and I'm not taking away from Greville's book because we've talked about that loads as well. You know, you you talked to Thomas Frank and all sorts of characters for your one. So that's going to be a very interesting interview in the next standalone Besotted podcast, isn't it? Yeah,
3: yeah. We've, we've, we've been uh, we've been really lucky um, last week. Week before last, we went to the training grounds. We had uh, um, interviews with Thomas Frank, Ethan Pinnock, Rico Henry, and Sergio Canos uh, um, about getting to the Premier League um, and our first season in the Premier League. But in you know, we've we've had we've got brand new interviews with Uwe Rosler, Mark Warburton, Andy Scott, um, and there's loads of others. You know, Dean Smith is interviewed in there. I um, uh, did really long, brilliant chat we had with Rasmus Ankerson. Um, Phil Giles will be doing soon, um, and John Varney about what's going to you know what's happened off the pitch. It's kind of like a forensic start to finish of of, of of everything that has been changed about our club to be able to get to the Premier League. It's not all about last season. It's about that whole journey. Um, you know, loads of loads of chats with loads of players and Cormac. Um, yeah, he, that's a great one sammy saunders there's, there's some really good content there um and so i 'll do a standalone for next week and uh Hopefully you'll thoroughly
2: enjoy wicked, that. Wicked, wicked. Alain uh, and I'm here because I'm, I'm looking Ooh. and I've seen the Monty's like messaging me going, "Where are you, Bill? He's sitting in the bar well, waiting you, for us." You need to go. You need to go. Lounge club shop. Anne's just turned up as well, so I'm going to be going in, in a sec. Can you hear the sea in the background? Can you hear it whooshing? I don't know if you can hear it I through the microphone it, there no, and if you like that think, no, 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 no. no. you probably need to change my setting actually. Like you know what I'm saying? So, uh, but you know things are. So, yeah, look, you've got the whooshing. You can probably hear it now actually. No you you you? seagulls. I,
3: mean, I expect seagulls for
2: Brighton, Bill. There are seagulls actually, but you know to be fair, it is closed season. So the Seagulls have been <laughs> uh, they've been parked, you know what I'm saying. But I am going up to the Seagull stadium a little bit later. I'm gonna be getting that train, you know, that nightmare train that we all yeah, have to get and exactly. go, Yeah, I'm gonna be doing that one. But it's all good. Well, but anyway, have look yourself a good afternoon, Mr Graham. I'm gonna have a good afternoon. I'm just gonna quickly talk about we've got mm-hmm. the first few matches we've got this season. We've got um, like I said to you, Leicester. The tickets have gone on sale, like I said to you, <laughs> West Indian Carnival on the s- Saturday and then the game on the Sunday. I'm a bit gutted that I'm actually on holiday for that because I would have loved to go to the carnival on Saturday, the West Indian Carnival Saturday, stayed overnight, and then gone to the match on the Sunday, but that is not going to happen but i think a lot of people are very excited about that one you got your ticket all sorted for that lady yeah tickets
3: all sorted for that um Tick- tickety yeah boo. tickety-boo well, tickety-boo We've just got fulham sir. fulham to worry
2: about now well that's right well fulham tickets will go and sell on monday 39 3900 taps is what you need and monday it goes then tuesday then wednesday then thursday there's only two thousand tickets of fulham because uh, of the restrictions i'm not quite sure what the restrictions are because i thought their new i thought their new standard opened up which is about ten thousand pounds for a seat in the new south and stand at fulham you know what i'm saying you know 20 plenty yeah but um yeah so fulham is the one that i am massively excited about it's remained at three o'clock on saturday the 20th and we're going to be going to that pub in fulham as we always go to which is going to be brilliant we're going to be outside of there we're going to be having lots and lots of fun and for me that is the the Ooh. number one away day as far as i'm concerned this season very excited about that All that goes on sale like i said to you on monday then we've got the man united game as well before that which is uh saturday afterwards which is our first um home game it's a five thirty 30 kickoff so it's a late kickoff so that's going to be quite a laugh as well because we're going to obviously be going all day on that one well. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> let's, not, let's, let's not beat around the bush oh, then, i, lady, can't, I wait,
3: can't wait for the new season now. <laughs> no. <laughs>
2: that's right and then the, the big one for us also the big one for me is that crystal palace because crystal palace is on a tuesday like i said to you eight o'clock kickoff but um, we're starting at 11.30, me, me and my Palace chums, so if you want to join us, Danny, we, I don't know where we are going to start, but we're going to be, 11.30 we're going to be somewhere, and then we're going to make our way slowly to Thornton Heath or wherever they play, and it's going to be a right good chuckle. Yeah, so, it
3: is, we can use we can use Brentford Global, Bill, to kind of um, have a designated pub, and if people want to join us, that's the, that's the place to find out where everyone is, and come right. down
2: and buy us a beer buy us a beer more (laughs) definitely so and i'll tell you something also there's one final thing i want to say talking about buy us a beer which you can buy us at besotted.com forward slash beer as well thank you to everybody who's contributed and uh, bought some beers and i wish you'd bought some beers and send them to this flat air because at least i'll have a couple (laughs) uh, while doing this podcast because i'm absolutely parched but also there's an article saying basically that brentford fans uh, drink the most beer pre-match in all of the premier league over everybody else we drink over 6 pints before the um before every premier league match and we were above i don't know what the other teams everyone. are but you know <laughs> yeah above absolutely above everyone and i think part of the reason why is um, it goes back to a kick football a football because Brentford, you know, was, we were so terrible and we just used to turn up and have a right good laugh before matches, after matches, and after time we didn't even go to the matches. So I think that's just carried <laughs> on into the Premier League. But now that we're actually playing decent football, we can think we're well, going to have a right good drink, watch the football and then come back and drink some more. So uh, was that, uh, I, it was an uh, don't official it, service. I don't, I don't think yeah. it's six. <laughs> I, 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 I think I think oh. six was involved oh, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's just us maybe <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's just you lady you know <laughs> well, he is an, an
3: average he is an average though because so so
2: someone's having six so yeah, yeah, yeah so yeah um, on well done everyone <laughs> <laughs> the club is truly proud of you yeah uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, no I, I talk about me 6 I mean, if you remember the old Leeds man, we used to do that tradition where we used to have, there was a pre-match six where you literally had to go to every game and have a pre-match six and, uh, <laughs> and uh, we laughed because my brother came over from America one time and uh, we actually got to the pub very late and uh, he took it very seriously this pre-match six he didn't know anything about it and uh, I think we had about sort of an hour or an hour and a half before the kick-off and he he thought he'd have a pre-match six before an hour and a half <laughs> and uh, I think we went to Wembley actually to watch Wickham play Preston North End and we went and had a pre-match six and then he walked to the stadium and walked into a bush a hedge and we had to sort of drag him out <laughs> like, yeah, and send him back to America and uh he hasn't been back since I don't think and that was about 25 years ago um, it's, not, it's not quite true actually but the, the story is true about his it. pretty much six yeah, and yeah, he just mis, misjudged it so it yeah. is all good but anyway Brentford fans good drinkers and uh, and like I said kick football out of football anyway we've uh, we've gone on a little bit with this podcast because basically this is a second podcast we've recorded in about eight weeks so you must um forgive us for rambling on but we had to ramble and give you the news i hope you've enjoyed it thank you very much for listening like i said you could listen to us on all good podcast channels i'm going to do the outro this is the besotted pride of west london podcast you can buy us a beer besotted.com forward slash beer all good podcast channels just subscribe to us and write us a review and do all the thing that you want to do as well also like i said to you besotted global you can check us out even if you want to send us a dm and say send me the info we'll give you the info as soon as we can do it'll probably take us another week or so to get that info out to you but other than that like I said to you I've seen the seagull just fly past my window go on girl, the 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 sea have sea have dream, go and have a dream mate go a club shop there and they're waiting for me the beers are waiting for me and I'm really potty for it I've got to come in England and play the line as we say come on you bees come on you bees by the seas come on you bees <laughs>